today on the Lady Boss Podcast. Entrepreneurs are always thinking about their product, how to build a business, what the marketing is. On the entrepreneurship journey, just as important are dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Today's guest, Leslie Cohen from All Rise Legal and Lawyers, is going to talk to us about all the startup paperwork all the way through fundraising that probably none of us have considered, but it is so important. Partnership agreements, startup agreements, and finally fundraising round. Really excited to share her story. You are not just like any other lawyer I've ever met. Tell me, um, is that because you own your own business or there's something else about that? Completely because I own my own, my own business. Okay, so are your customers not stuffy? Most are not. Okay, so everybody when you get into your business has to pick out, you know, a lane. Mm -hmm. And I love the story of how you picked out your lane. Can you just give me 30 seconds on who, you know, what really got you to start All Rise? Well, so just clarify, meaning my lane, like what I, what okay. we do. Okay, so I mean, just or... talk to me about, you know, who you serve. Because, you know, I know all kind of lawyers, they do high net worth individuals that are, you know, they did trust and they do wills and then they do um, litigation and they do family law. And, okay. um, you know, tell so me you a little bit like about my, your, your lane. My practice area. Okay, so my lane is, is representing startups and small businesses in connection with their fundraising, um, their pre-seed, seed, and series A. And got into it. Oh, it's a very long story, but um, but the sh the short story is I had all this experience on Wall Street doing like huge public public offerings, and um, moved back to Chicago when I started the firm with my partner. I had to go out and find business for the first time, and I had this knowledge of the securities law, and the law is the same if you're raising. $500,000 or $500 million. Exactly. And all the startups in Chicago, like in, and all over, were starting, you know, the whole scene was burgeoning. 1871 was opening. And I knew the law, but not the market. And so kind of realized there was like a open niche in the city for affordable law firms that could work with smaller businesses, but had the knowledge and the expertise on fundraising. So I love that um, you are what I call a businesswoman lawyer because you do um, work with startups and I want to talk about some of the challenges there. And um, by lane, I really mean that um, we all get pigeonholed into a practice area, an expertise area, but you've really taken this and, and the other thing I love about your business is, you know, you were talking so much about business development, but eventually it turned out now your phone's ringing because you're known as the startup guru. So um, what are the real needs? Um, you know, if you had to say top three reasons that somebody picks you as a lawyer that's going to raise money as a startup company? Well, the, first of all, the larger firms are prohibitively expensive or they have like a first year associate doing the work. And okay. so that's just not optimal. So it's, you know, it's, it's cost is part of it. Um, I'd say even more important than that is just having the expertise. You know, you don't you don't want to go to a surgeon for heart surgery that does like surgery all over the body. You want to go mm -hmm. to someone who is a heart surgeon. And we are startup lawyers, and we really know we know the market, we know the terms, we know you know. And so if questions come up like, I want to compensate my you know incoming CTO with equity, how much should I give them? I mean, we know that we know what everybody else is doing in your industry. So I would say th that's the number one reason. 
Why can it, why can you be less expensive and still obviously so high powered versus a big firm? We are hyper efficient. So we know exactly how to, so we're all about efficiency and keeping costs down instead of billing as many hours as we could possibly bill, which is like the big law model. Um, obviously our overhead is lighter. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's one part of it. But we also, because we do this all day, we have forms for pretty much everything. And of course, every business has like a little bit of a difference, but we've got all the starting forms. I mean, I'd like to do stuff like um, sending questionnaires to clients with all the things I'm gonna need to know in order to draft the documents that they need instead of just taking these you know, 40 page documents yep. and, and reinventing the wheel too. Yeah, I love that you're um, so process driven um, in, in a way that's very process inefficient, which doesn't go hand in hand normally with lawyers. Mm -hmm. So tell me this, um, now they love you, you do a deal, and I want to talk a little bit about that, and they, they call you and say, okay, Leslie, um, now I want to buy some real estate and get a divorce. You must have business you're referring out all the time. A ton, a ton. So you're your business owner. Would you ever consider adding on a practice to your practice or is it just better to stay so narrow and deep and refer it out? I mean, that's a great question and everyone would probably answer it differently. I really like to, as a leader of the team, I like to have the expertise that, I'm, uh, that all my team members have so that I can look over things, so that I can... You know, and I'm at that precipice. I'm at that precipice of growth where my my coach always says, you know, are you like ready to bring on another practice area? But like I said, I like knowing what I'm doing and what my, my people are doing and understanding, you know, the law around it. And I also, I love those referral relationships. I've built up this huge network of people and we feed each other business and it feels so good. And I meet these amazing people. So I, right now I'm really happy where, where I am. Your coach called me, and that's why I asked you that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm very gullible. So are you able to grow at the rate you've been growing in that lane and staying narrow, or will you hit a ceiling where it's like, no more startups in Chicago, I can't grow my firm as much as I have been year over year? So I don't think it's going to be a problem because there are always new startups, but what happens is we have more areas than startups. So what happened, and, and that, that was an organic growth, where the startups would say, okay, we, we raised the money. We've got this, you know, we've got a million dollars now. We need to hire someone. Do you guys do employment agreements? We need a contract for our customers to sign. Do you, do you guys do those um, SaaS agreements, tech, yeah. you know, license agreements, all the different contracts that a company needs yeah. day to day. So as we hired, I brought on people with that expertise. So, you know, I'm not a technology lawyer. I'm a good contract lawyer, but I brought on a technology lawyer. And so we, we grew into that area. Now we have one-off clients for just contract work. And then I've also always done mergers and acquisitions. So now these companies, you know, as they grow, oh, we're ready to acquire a competitor and, and, and you know, grow that way. Oh, we, we do acquisitions. Oh, we have a big exit coming up, you know. Yep. And so, we, so hmm. we do that whole business cycle, but also we attract clients from, you know, who aren't startups and who are selling their business or, or buying a business. Do you like your part of the job where you're actually doing the work or you're coaching the team better? So interesting. I would have never, I was, I mean, I was really just a lawyer for all these years and not just, a, you know, but it just never, and, and I've just stepped into and learned in the past like two years how to run a business and I love it. I love it. I'm actually more enjoying running the business. You seem so good at it. And I think <clears throat> law is one of those 
um, jobs, kind of a lot like being a very, very, very good sales talent where you can be in your office and do your own thing and talk to the outside world all day and grow a really great business without having to have people. And same thing with lawyer. You could have just, you know, done more work, done more work, done more work and not had to be a boss. Um, a lot of people get to be a boss and then figure out it's really hard. You know, it's hard to run a business. It's hard to manage people. It's hard to run cash flow, figure out the pricing model, do all these things. Are you, what gave you the, the confidence and know-how to be as good as you have been? Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, I did a accelerator program, hmm. like incubator accelerator program, just like a lot. That's where I, a lot of my clients come from, speaking and mentoring at those programs for more technology companies or food and beverage. But I, I had no idea. My partner retired, and I had absolutely no idea how to run a business. And I, so I, I met this woman who ran these groups, these, these groups of, um, and it was a group of seven women and we were all successful in our fields, but learning to run a business and scale a business. And it was a year long and we met for a full day every month and we would learn like what month one was financials, you know, and, and the dollars and all that stuff. And then month two was marketing and social media marketing. And, and so I learned and and then I, I read books and I watched podcasts and I, you know, everything I could possibly do because I was loving it. And it's just that, that, I mean, just little by little, it was like a new, I mean, it was perfect timing. My second son went to college and I was like, okay, ready. Like, this is my third child, like ready to, to do this. It's just fascinating because no matter if we're talking to, you know, M&A advisor, lawyer, business owner, startup, everybody's, you know, three problems are, or opportunities are all the same. And I just really admire how you've just become such a student of the game. And I always felt like that was really my competitive advantage. It's like every time I don't know something, I, I'm like, okay, I'll learn it. I'll study it. I'll, you know, listen to all the podcasts and material there is. And, um, but a lot of people, you know, just don't feel like digging in that hard. And I think, you know, being a lawyer by trade, I mean, you, you guys are in the weeds a lot. You know, yeah. you're, you're detail people. And that is probably the real asset here is that you are you can't like do law at 60,000 feet you gotta really dig in yeah and I feel like you've really you know applied that to the rest of your business so what um you know five years you look out what could all rise look like if you really tried to just you know keep the noise out of your head you had all the money and time you wanted what's the biggest goal you have I mean we're almost there I wanted a 10-person boutique I wanted a, and we just hired our eighth lawyer. So I wanted to be like a go-to small firm in Chicago that did really sophisticated work. And that was fun. And, you know, just you wanted to be with these people and they weren't intimidating. Um, so I feel like I'm almost there. I just want to keep, you know, if it, if it keeps growing, which I think it will, that's great. We'll add people. Um, I think my next challenge is, someone else to run the business with me if we grow anymore because that's just getting I mean I love it but I'm wearing all the hats yeah and I mean with my incredible incredible team um and I think you know that's something else worth mentioning that I don't know how much you and I've talked about before is that my team is all well we just added our first man I know <laughs> I want I was gonna bring it up I'm okay it. yeah okay yeah, you're an all-women firm. Well, one man. Yes, yeah, so. one great, great man. <laughs> he's he's wearing a lot of hats right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and well, is that just the lens that you look to in the future that you'll always try to attract women talent if you can? 
It's such a good question coming at this moment because we, we had a, did a big team building the other day, my whole team, and we talked, I raised the question, you know, how do you guys feel about, we're gonna need another associate probably because the guy we just brought on is gentleman, has a very nice book of business and we're gonna need more lawyers to service it. And I said, how do you, how do you feel about adding a man? And I started thinking about how I have two boys I'm raising, right? Or raised, um, still raising, even in their 20s. Yeah. And I have the best husband in the world who's like my platform for jumping off of the world, you know, of everything. And my dad is like my guy. And, you know, my mentors have all been men who have been incredible to me. I want to be a champion of women, but I don't want to exclude men ever. I don't ever want to be perceived as like, you know, anti-men. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll probably move in that direction of adding a few men. I think the woman thing, there's there's two, two big like pinnacles behind it that mean a lot to me. And one is giving women who need flex time for whatever reason a place to be able to do all the work they want to do, the kind of work they want to do, the amount of work they want to do. And the second is having women be treated differently than they're treated in the big law firms. Hmm. Is it a bad place in the big law firms? I mean, that's firm by firm. And it's not its not a bad place anymore for the most part. It's a... I felt like um, a lot of like it, the firms that I've been at, a lot of the men are, you know, older men had non-working wives. And so I got a lot of things like, um, you know, when I got pregnant with my second son, oh, we're going to miss you so much. We're so excited for you. We're going to miss you. And I'm like, where am I going? <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, well, we know the kind of mom you are to your son. Like, you're never going to be able to do that with two and keep working. I'm like, okay, watch me. Like, I don't, I don't want anyone to ever be in that position. Hmm. So, and, and also it's all about bringing in business to have any power at the bigger yep. firms. Yeah. And I, I want to reward people also for just doing great work, keeping the current clients happy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Why didn't you have your name on your, um, your firm? That, that just seems like you become a lawyer and you get your name on the door. Those are the two things that happen once you're successful. My dad asked me the same question. Both my parents asked me the same question. Um, I wanted to create something that's sustainable beyond me. I want to pass it on to the, to the lawyers who work for me. And I wanted to be, I mean, it's all rise for, for women rising, minorities rising, startups rising, like all of us rising together as, in society. And I, no, I love the name and I love who you're serving. I just, um, I, there's just so many things about it that seem more current than a lot of the, uh, the other law firms, which is why I really want to talk to you about this. Leslie, tell me like, what are, you know, you see lots of entrepreneurs, your, your, your clients are all entrepreneurs. What are things you see that, um, make you cringe about either the money they're getting or their business model or just something in the infancy of their business that you can look at and give them guidance? Well, I, I mostly give guidance from the legal perspective. And so, you know, like one of the things I see is co-founder relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is legal and a little bit of psychology. Um, that I've seen a lot of relationships where, you know, one's, one co-founder is calling me and talking about the other, you know, problems with the other one. And, you know, she's not pulling her weight. You know, he's, whatever it is. And, and so, you know, I try to get people like, talk to each other, yeah. you know, just, just sit down and talk to each other. And most important thing to me is like a co-founder agreement. If there's more than one founder immediately, okay. and if there's 50, 50 ownership, then definitely like dispute resolution. Yeah. I hate that so <laughs> dispute resolution and investors don't want to see that either. Like that's not what they're investing in. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I'd say that's a big one. Giving out too much equity to too many people is huge. Um, I, I mean... Okay, and everybody thinks this sounds so glamorous. Tell us why, in a nutshell, it is so dangerous to give out so much equity at the beginning. Because eventually you're going to want to attract... Um, you're going to want to attract really good talent for your upper management team, and they're all going to want equity, and you want to preserve your majority ownership, or you're going to lose your business. You're going to lose control of your business. 100%. And I don't think that a lot of the startups, not all, they don't understand the life cycle of a business. And, you know, they're in infancy, and they're going to get to the teenage years and, and growth, and eventually here. And you know, I'm a big, what gets you here won't get you there person. So these people they're giving out equity to won't even be at the table if they grow in five years because they won't be the right people to take them to the next level. Absolutely. Agreed. And so now they've got this challenge because they've got equity, but they're parting ways with a person that really isn't right to take them to the next step. So that is such good advice. You need to like, I mean, I know you're putting on your um, therapist hat on both <laughs> of those things because the, the founder relationship is really... Um, it's very odd and codependent sometimes and, and like so emotional and just hard for them to even listen a lot of the times. And Absolutely. There, it's such a cycle in their business that so much is going to change. So that's the problem that, I, I mean, I think, do you know when you're dealing with people that are just like have a good product but just not good business people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly if I was asked to invest, exactly which of the companies I would invest in. And it's more often the people. Yep. Than the business, for sure. Than the model. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what can you tell about the people that like gives you that feeling? I mean, you do this all day long. I see a lot of disorganization and that is a huge problem. And when you talk about like what, what I've done, you know, in, in building my business, like I did the program, I realized I don't know everything and I did the program and I have you know, a spreadsheet on what I need to do as the business grows and I make sure to allocate time to do it. And, you know, all these things where I see people who are just, they're just a mess. I mean, they just, you know, they... So is that prioritization? Because disorganization, if you go look at my desk, it's a mess and I, I yet I know exactly where everything is. I think the, is it really um, prioritization and um, knowledge of how to run a business or is it really just... Um, they're so disjointed because they're, you know, founding a product or a service and starting a business and have to grow it, which let's be fair, that's a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. We've both done it. it yeah. It's, you know, it's not in a little bow until it's in a bow. Right. Yeah. Right. So which do you think it really is? I guess it's, it's both. I mean, I guess it's more the latter. Um, but I, it's, it's just, like, I just know when people aren't, like, when people don't respond when I send them a document. And then three weeks later, they're like, you know, oh, my God, I need it right now. I need it right now. And, and you know, I, I just went through it, and here's my changes. And, I, and then it's been three weeks since I looked at it. And then, you know, so that, that kind of personality where, you know, just a lack of focus. And, no. I, and I know the legal is, you know, not what a business owner wants to be focused on. I totally get that. But I got to tell you, when investors come into the picture, yeah. they want to know that all the legal ducks are in a row or they see exactly what I saw and they're they're out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point. I, I, um, I think that for all of us, right, like there's a thousand things we could do every day, but there's probably three things that move the needle. Mm -hmm. And it's knowing what those three things are and doing them and then either delegating or letting go of. I mean, you probably let go of like 800 of them. There's a lot of nice twos. And... 
um, that idea um, that, you know, it's like perfect, 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 perfect. Nope. There's nobody's getting paid for perfect. You got to do just good enough, but those documents have to be perfect or those really smart investors are going to drop their, you know, offer and move on. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, talk to me about what do you think the ideal characteristics? So um, prioritization we, we listed as, you know, knowing what really are the hot buttons. What else really makes that ideal entrepreneur that you could almost bet on and say, this company is going to be something in some time? An openness to learning mm. and realizing that they don't, like I said, like they don't know everything. Um, I think that's huge because, you know, and, and, and a willingness to bring on a team and, and to delegate, like you talked about. Does hard work play into it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hard work plays into it in a big way. Not like being realistic instead of, I've had clients come in and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. We're the next Facebook. I'm telling you right now, like we're going to be your biggest client. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I hope you are, but you know. <clears throat> Living in reality, um, you know, yeah, well, hard, hard work, willing to learn. How do you think decision-making plays into it? Because I always hear that the most successful people are those that can really um, make decisions quickly and a lot of decisions because that's what we're doing all day. Absolutely. I, I think that's huge. And I don't even think they have to be the right decisions. I agree. I, I agree. Making action, and that is the thing that really separates, you know, sort of, the the people that move forward they're just constantly decide and go decide and go decide and go pivot decide and go oh made a mistake keep going couldn't and, agree more yeah oh that's so good to hear and it's so true i really feel like whether your business is you know six months old six years old 60 years old you can tell that leader who is going to take it to the next level whatever that is whether it is the next facebook or the next you know business that exits um and it's not always the smartest person no doesn't have to be. A lot of those traits you listed aren't, you know, Phi Beta Kappa. They are, you know, grind and hustle and then really making good decisions, prioritization are some of the big key skills that entrepreneurs have to have, which is what I love about it because you don't have to go to Harvard to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. I would add another one, um, liking other people and being personable. And that doesn't mean extroverted because I am not extroverted by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the... Um, it's it's like I love meeting new people and seeing like and helping them, and then it always comes back. But it it feels so good to help them. But I, I just you know interest in other people, interest I mean, in other people. So it, whether it be employees, potential customers, people who just you know, I met someone yesterday out of nowhere who was like, "Would you want to do swag for your you know?" And they don't just do like all rise, like they do really cool stuff. I'm like. Never thought about doing swag. I bet my team would love that, you know, and all about motivating my team. So I think that's so important that you're not like only heads down at your desk doing your work. But that's actually learning because when you meet people and you engage with people and you're interested in what they're doing, helping them or just what they're doing and why they exist, you're really learning. True. And I think it's like everything does go back to like um, – learn, you know, you go to a place, well, why is this? And how is this? And how did this get here? And those are the people that I find they're they're just constantly taking in information, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, so relative because we run into situations that we don't know what we're doing. And we can kind of go back into the card file and say, well, I saw this and maybe I can call this person and here's how I do it. So were your parents entrepreneurs? My dad was. Yes. You can tell. You talk to dinner you talk dinner table talk. I mean you're just so like naturally savvy about this stuff. What did he do? 
He was a lawyer. He is a lawyer and an accountant. Um, started his own firm. Did uh, open mm. the Chicago office of a big um, international firm. Um, and actually left because he missed being on his own, building his own thing. So he's like your de facto board of advisors, telling, watching, watching along, and he's been, you know, in your shoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's got to be so proud. I think so. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Leslie. Before we let you go, you want to do the lightning round? Sure. All right. Um, tell our listeners what is your favorite employee motivational, you know, tool. We do team building stuff where we all get to, so our last one was lightning's probably supposed to be faster than this. But um, the last one we did was a couple last week and we all identified our favorite superheroes and then talked about what characteristics of those superheroes did we admire and how did we see them in each other. It was a whole day thing. It's a whole group of smart cool. people. That's oh, okay. So, it was awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that one. Okay. What's your uh, what's a podcast that you go to to listen to and learn? There's uh, Steve Fretzen does one called Be That Lawyer, and oh. he brings on. He's a coach for lawyers, and he brings on other coaches for lawyers. And I've learned so much listening oh, to that. Oh, very cool. All right. Any books that stand out that you've read over your lifetime that you refer back to? I love Clan of the Cave Bear. She's a really old one. Okay. But I love Isla. She was this power girl and fiction. as she grew. Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Well, who knew? Lawyers read fiction. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, best daily hack? I do crossword puzzles every day. I love them. Do you really? Uh-huh. Oh my God, you are a lawyer through and through. Everything, <laughs> yeah. Does your exercise have a smart component to it too? <laughs> Tabata. <laughs> Tabata. Wait, I know that. I've done that before. What is that? 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest. Strength, cardio, strength, strength cardio. Strength, cardio. Yeah. Okay, Leslie, tell us. Thank you so much. That was so much fun. Um, I know that um, it's you, you got to adjust your goal. You've already hit your goal, so I want to see the firm get bigger um, because what you're doing is really great work. Tell everybody where we can find out more about All Rise. At www. <laughs> I feel like I'm on. At allrise.lawyers, with an S, dot com. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. Really thanks appreciate for having learning. me. I love talking to you.